As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling? All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Growling. It's the walkout edition. Following Steelers 36, Bengals 10, yet another edition of Big Brother waxing Little Brother for the 11th straight time. Uh, at Heinz Field, it, it it went as it probably went worse than the score sounds. Uh, pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong, um, and the Bengals lose in a fashion that's all too familiar for Bengals fans familiar with watching uh, this team play games up there. Jay, how are we doing? Doing well. I, I, can we go back and delete Thursday's show where we both said this is going to be a close game? It's not going to be a blowout. And <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. It's it, it it it. That's why I think it's severely disappointing because I think this team rightfully thought it was better than this. They thought that they wouldn't be a the, a team that would be like the same old Bengals teams that go into Pittsburgh and look lost and confused and outcoached and overwhelmed and make dumb mistakes you haven't seen them make. And they weren't. They, they were that same bungling team that has, you know, you, you, you hoped you were starting to leave behind you. You hoped you were starting to turn the corner and have that be, you know, the past. And you hoped you were going to put another brick in the foundation to this turning into something and building momentum and confidence. And instead, it sort of kicks that over a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just more of the same. And it's, to, I mean, to the point now where a lot of these guys are new to this rivalry, but it's still, it's, they hear it from fans. Um, they know what's going on. And it's, even if, like a T. Higgins, this was his first time in this game, he knew of the rivalry because he was a Bengals fan growing up. But it's just, they can say the Steelers aren't in their head, but they are. And when you have a three and out and then Alex Erickson loses a fumble, I think that just, it just kind of, I don't know if it destroys the Bengals as much as it just adds that little extra juice for the Steelers where, Hey, 
it's still the same old Bengals. We've got this, even after a slow start. And then they start making a little progress, and then T. Higgins loses a fumble. And it's just when you make those little mistakes early, it, it, it felt like this was a game where they had they didn't have to play perfect to win, but they had to get off to a perfect start almost. And when you don't do that, then all those old th- thoughts start creeping back in. You certainly can't play like they did. I mean, in every yeah. – I mean, special teams was a disaster. Defense had moments – but they were overwhelmed. You know, the offense was terrible. Uh, Burrow admitted, you know, how bad he played in the second half, and he did. You know, A.J. Green without a catch. They get nothing. Five targets, really, five targets no catches. Yeah. I mean, you know, they get Boyd involved, but, you know, six for 41, Higgins seven for 115, but really outside of that, not much to speak of offensively. Geo goes eight for 30. You know, Samaje Pirine was a weapon, I guess. You know, I mean, it's just it, there was the offensive line was full of bits and pieces. Jonah Williams couldn't go. So Quentin Spain's out here playing tackle. How about this guy? He shows up and the first game he has to go and play uh, like 36 hours after walking in the building for the first time and gets to meet everybody in the huddle at the game. The second game, he goes and plays a position he hasn't really played at all. Yeah, I looked pros. it up. <laughs> he, he's played nine snaps at uh, tackle in the NFL, one at right tackle where he was today. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we need you to go play right tackle. <laughs> and so he goes and he plays. You know what? They they held up good enough, but they had what you would Alex Redman with a second and two hold that was brutal. And then Alex Redman gets blown up, unable to block TJ Watt coming through. Brutal spot right before halftime. I mean, huge plays. And it was just over and over. It was just, it was, it was, you know, it was every single capacity that you can look bad. They did. Every single capacity you can look bad, they did. They were 0 for 13 on third downs. An impossible accomplishment. 0 for 13. Never even, never once, never once broke through. They had to get a fourth down conversion to score their touchdown. Uh, you know. Who's to blame, right? We're gonna start when we have to go there, right? We have to go to the same place. I mean, it's like it, it, breaking this down is excruciating. So we've done this show. Yes, and Zach put it on him, which mm-hmm. that's what a head coach should do. Um, but it wasn't all. I mean, it was in the Baltimore game. Joe Burrow looked—he just looked like a deer in the headlights because he didn't know where the pressure was coming from. Pittsburgh didn't bring a lot of pressure. They they did more dropping, and it was uncharacteristic Joe. Some of the throws, he, I mean, some were just a tick off. Some were way off. Some were, what the heck was that? One of his throws to A.J. Green was like 10 yards underthrown. It was just – it was a weird performance from him. You almost understand it in the Baltimore game because he's getting beat up um, and – head on a swivel, no idea where the pressure is coming from. And that wasn't the case in this game. It was just just out of sorts, everything out of rhythm, and no, like nobody else stepping up to, to help him. Um, you know, T. Higgins, T. Higgins did have a decent game, but, um, you know, a couple of third downs to Auden Tate where it's in tight coverage. He normally makes those catches. Uh, he, he can't pull them in. Um, I, I am as soon as we get done recording this, I'm going to be looking up and seeing where zero and thirteen ranks in in Bengals and in NFL. I, I, I'm sure it's happened before, um, but but not often. I'm going to guess none of those teams won. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on the limb that nobody's ever won a game not converting a third down. Maybe it's, maybe, I don't know, it's possible. It could be like a 6-3 tilt in there somewhere, maybe. All right, let's take a quick break from this and uh, hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. couple individual topics to get into because i mean you know just a lot of the broad brush stuff of this is is discouraging and it's we don't it'll get beaten in everybody's head anyway let's talk about leaving joe burrow into the end of the game um you know we you you you're down 36 to 7 <laughs> let's start there you're down 36 to 7 there's half half of a quarter left you you got Quentin Spain out here playing right tackle for the first time. You got a rookie Hakeem Adeniji playing left tackle. Alex Redmond's already been whipped by TJ Watt a couple of times right up the middle. Joe Burrow has been tossed into a bench like a rag doll in WWE and has a rolled ankle that he's out there playing on. You've seen him limp a number of times. And you're out there leaving Joe Burrow in takes two extra sacks, two hits, one that he limped off of there towards the end of the game. Unnecessarily, it feels on its surface, in the moment, to me, felt negligent. Right? We, we, heard, we heard the phrase used earlier this week about Joe Mixon. Sometimes you got to save the player from himself. This is the coach's job to save Joe Burrow from himself a little bit. Dude, you're out there on a busted ankle. It's 36 to 7. It's okay to wave the white flag every once in a while. You know, that was my that was my initial gut reaction in the moment. Was that yours? Well, no, nah, cuz actually I tweeted this cuz I said they were in the same situation in the Baltimore game and you've got two choices. You either pull him or you just go out there and run the ball like they did in Baltimore, and somehow they turned it. I mean, Joe Mixon got hot there. Baltimore gave up a little bit, and they moved the ball down the field by running it. You don't really expose Joe to any more, any more hits, but you also don't create the whole the the illusion, the spectacle, whatever you want to say, of, of pulling him from a game. Um, the decision to leave him in wasn't as curious to me as the decision to run a fake punt on fourth down and further expose him to those two hits that you mentioned. If they, if they just punt the ball there, Pittsburgh probably runs out the clock and it's not an issue, but they run the fake punt. They get the first down. All of a sudden they're on the cusp of the red zone. And yeah, at that point you're going to try to punch it in and he drops back to throw three times and he, he gets sacked once, which he, he said was horrible. He can't do. Um, 
or no, no, I'm sorry. That he was talking about the end of the first half on that sack. But he gets sacked once, and then he gets hit on the play you're talking about, where he limps off before Randy Bullock kicks the whatever the cosmetic field goal to make it 36-10. I just I didn't get that. The the, the fake punt of it to me, fake punt call to me was a bigger head scratcher than leaving Burrow in. Yeah, and I don't know some. I know Darren has some of those baked in to punts where it's like if that's the look you fake it like yeah. every time no matter what we, we've seen we've seen it in weird spots in other games before i feel like it was even a preseason game where you're like why are you going to show that in a preseason and and so, so perhaps there's an element of look if it's it's sitting there wide open that's the play this is the we're running the play because that's what it is we don't call it off Maybe that's it. That's the only, that's only where I come from with a fake punt when it's thirty six to seven, and then you're kicking weird field goals. I asked Zach Taylor about it after the game, and he said, "You know, we're trying to build some momentum, and it's not going to work go over well." Like you know, no. I'll say I'll say this. I mean, every rep that Joe Burrow can get against a very good defense is valuable. It is valuable to him. It is valuable. You know, he's the guy who has the photographic memory recall, learning from every situation. The more reps you get him, the better he's going to be. This isn't a normal situation. It's thirty-six to freaking seven. Like. This is you're not seeing the looks that are gonna deter, you know that you're gonna learn so much from down the road. I, I I mean maybe you are I don't know maybe there is something to be learned from getting hit with a ankle you turned uh, on a third down when you're down thirty six to seven in the fourth quarter. Maybe there maybe you learn from that going forward. I don't know. But to me, what stood out more was and I guess you should anticipate this from him. I mean but I loved Joe Burrow on it. Um and in fact let's bring in the audio. Here's Joe Burrow when asked about if he has any thoughts of taking himself out. Joe, were there any discussions of you coming out late in the fourth quarter? Did you lobby to stay in the game? No discussions like that. You like the idea of staying in there in even what looks like a futile situation? And finishing the game off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a quitter. I'm not going out of the game. No, doesn't matter if we're down 100, down 10, down 20. I'm not going out. Now, I, I mean, again, I don't know if that's something that you would expect him to say, but the, the way he said, it, there's just this laughable nature of the way he feels about certain things that we've seen a few times happen. Of it, it's. He's not actually laughing at the question, but he's sort of like just like it's un- an unfathomable concept to him, and that's what it seemed like. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. And you want that guy leading your team. I there's value in that attitude. You know, I do think there is value in that's our leader, man. He ain't quitting. He doesn't care what it is. Fight to the end, guy. You know, that only lasts you so long because he might be able to not be able to fight for you the end of the last eight games. But I, I there is some value and I can hear that. And I and I think after hearing him, it might have swayed my initial opinion a little bit. Yeah, youth is a hell of a drug. I mean <laughs> <laughs> just that bravado. I mean, you know, maybe ten years into his career he comes out of a game like that, but 
when you're, I mean, it's just like him extending plays where he said, I'm going to keep doing it, even though he's exposing himself to hits and, um, he's just, he has no fear and he has no quit. And you're right. That's the kind of guy that you want leading your team. And it would, it would, it's two totally different things. If like, if they, if they did take him out, you would want him to be mad and pissed and to fight to stay in. But he said there were no conversations. He wasn't asked. He wasn't asked his opinion. Zach had no intention of taking him out because he wanted to to build the momentum that you talked about. Um, I, I do, I do see the other side, but it just seems like an unnecessary risk. I mean, did momentum carry over from the bye, from the win against Tennessee? I mean, does does a, a last minute touchdown drive carry over in a game that you it would have been thirty six to fourteen if they make that a touchdown? I, I just I, I don't I don't know that there's the the value was there, the risk reward was not there, the risk was way too high. They got out of it. He he took another shot. He, he didn't get hurt badly, but it just it, it didn't it it didn't seem to match up for me that risk. Yeah, I mean, inevitably, I would I would agree with you. I mean, and I think I would maybe feel, maybe feel different if he hadn't already been like sort of nursing this rolled ankle. Like mm-hmm. he's already out there on a bum ankle with with all with backup offensive tackles. I don't care how they played against the Steelers. Like <laughs> that, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the thing is you you just got to kind of say, hey, you know what, bomb squad, right, Finley? Yep. Bring <laughs> it's like just just get just go Finley time and call it a day and go home and start over. You know, you got plenty of tape that you can learn from. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. The other thing uh from Burrow after the game was him saying, you know, we're not down I'm not down in the dumps over this game, actually. This isn't like a demoralized feeling. He said, you know, I I'm not going to suck a lot. Basically, we we were not out of it. We were out of it in the second half because I sucked in the second half. I was terrible in the second half. And he he documented a few of his awful, what he felt was his awful throws. And he was bad in the second half. Five of 15 for, what was it, 20 some yards? 24, I think. Yeah. And he was bad. He missed stuff that he shouldn't, that you haven't seen him miss. Um, You know, I thought, I'm not going to suck a lot. I like that line. Like, hey, yeah, I sucked, but I'm not going to suck a lot. Maybe you get this once a year. You know, enjoy it while you can. Uh, I, I, I liked that. I liked that element of his response. I, I buy some of it. They also were a total mess uh, of a team. So I don't, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that was the difference. Just you hitting a few passes. Um, I don't buy that necessarily. They still were a mess. Yeah, you, you you almost would feel like it would be more of be more demoralizing if it was the close game that we talked about and they were a player or two away and then they're starting to think shit, we're never going to beat the Steelers. But this game, you you can't it's and people there's no excuses, but the the fact that they had four coaches that weren't in the game, that they had injuries and covid and there were so many things working against him in this game it's it's not like a you that you can't bake it in as an excuse but you can say it's not always going to be like this and it, it makes it a little easier to let this loss roll off 
Um, when you combine it with the fact that Joe says, I'm not going to suck a lot. And when you combine it with some of the things that, you know, the simple mistakes, the, the, the two fumbles, there's, there's just all these different things that added up. And it's, it's just, when you get whipped like that, it's, it, it is almost easier just to say, okay, it, it, I don't, you can say it's a fluke and it's not going to happen again. It's not a fluke when it's 11 in a row against your division rival, but still, you, you get what I'm saying. It's there, there were so many things working against him that, that it's easy to say, okay, it's not going to be like this every time. Put this one behind us and move on. It's not always going to be Jalen Davis. <laughs> I mean, I, Jalen is that? Is it? Is it Davis? It is Davis, yes, right? Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's like, I mean, how deep into the depth chart? This is this dude talk about just got here again with the just got here guys. But this isn't a guy who's ever been anywhere or known anything. I mean, this is like this is out of the horror stories. You can't make this stuff up. Tony Brown is like your number two corner out here. You got Jalen Davis fresh off the street practice squad taking he's your Slot because your only third corner Jesse Bates said he was going to check in if some another if a corner got hurt because they were down to three corners he was going to go play corner and they were which I would like to see yeah I actually think that'd be a bad move I I, I, at least just keep Jesse Bates where he can range behind these bad cover guys and just throw Sean Williams or somebody out there whatever what does it matter that point i mean i think i think that's what it's it's not gonna be jalen davis and tony brown it's not gonna be quentin spain at tackle and hakeem adenogy it's you know and there is something to that you also you know would like to think that you're not gonna i don't know i don't know about the mental thing i i i do i mean 11 in a row to people that have been around for all of them like us is something I don't know how much I buy it, but I do think there was. I mean, even Burrow, there's ownership and understanding that you've played the two good teams in your division once now and gotten your butts kicked both times. You are so far off to be happy about your, you know, the close losses and beating Tennessee and feel that momentum. You are still so far away, and yeah, it should look different with different players sometimes. But you know, let's. <laughs> they had 210 yards of hidden yards field position they lost. Steelers average start on 14 possessions with the 30s, their own 36. The Bengals was their own 21. 15 times 14, 210 hidden yards. I mean, 13 points alone on the three drives that the Steelers started in Bengals territory. You know, it's just this is stuff bad teams do. It's We've talked about that when they lost to the Browns, you know, lining up in the neutral zone when you're going to get off of the stop and the big this stuff. They still do stuff bad teams do. They're good players, you know, and Jesse Bates, as good as he's been, drops a wide open pick six. You know, some of your key players, these aren't these aren't the Tony Browns and the Jalen Davises that are making some of these huge mistakes. You know, it's, it's Burrow playing bad. It's Higgins fumbling. It's Bates dropping an interception. It's Bell getting beat. It's Akeem Davis-Gaither whiffing on a free runner on what turns into a touchdown in Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, these aren't the excuses that were, are being made elsewhere 
are not the people that we're talking about in so many of these mis- key critical mistakes and things that making mistakes that bad teams make. You're a bad team. You're a bad team because you do this type of stuff. And if whatever reason it is, whatever reason it causes this to happen in Pittsburgh so much, I don't know, whatever. Uh, this is today. This is who you are until you prove differently. And for right now, it's 11 in a row to the Steelers. And until they get over that hump, until they become, until they change that narrative, they're going to be the doormat. And they're not there yet. You hoped they were closer, which is kind of where we opened on this podcast. You hoped you were closer if you're the Bengals. You hoped it wouldn't look like this. You thought that you would come further along than this, that you weren't going to look this inept in this game. But, no, it's where you're at right now. And maybe they, it sounds crazy to say, but it you've got three games against NFC East teams that aren't very good. And maybe they can build a little momentum going into that that second Steelers game on Monday night, and then you better hope to hell it doesn't play out like this one. Because if, if you're playing well and you get another crack at those guys and it's at home on prime time and they lay an egg like this again, then all, all the same questions start creeping in again. Um, but I, I do I do see where it's as bad as it was. It's just put it behind them, move on. Joe Burrow saying he can't wait to get back to practice and correct some of his mistakes today. That's that's what you want to hear from those guys. Uh, but I, I get it for the fans where they they've lived and died the died it mostly mostly um, over and over and over again. It just it feels like it's never going to change. This team is a bad matchup for the Bengals. <laughs> for who they are, we said it all week. It's why we didn't like them. You know, even though we thought it'd be competitive, we didn't like going to win. It's just a bad, it's just a bad matchup, you know. And they're your first time going against them if you're Burrow. I mean, you there is learning the first time you go against certain defenses, figure out how you're going to play them when they're very good. You're still learning how to play against very good defenses. I think there's something to that, and that's why you know I wrote it in Twib this past week. We talked about it on Thursday. That's why I circled December. Pittsburgh, Monday Night Football. That is your second shot, learning from all the stuff, having thoughts that you're not going to make those same mistakes again, and believing that you're going to continue. You know, They need to continue to get better. They need to continue to take strides, or else this is the where they're going to continue to measure up against the best in the division. I think that's possible. I think that's in play. I think that can come from the momentum of playing in your easier portion of your schedule now. You went 1-4 and four against that tough five-game stretch. And you you got to find a way to get a few. And then Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the last few weeks of the season, are your opportunity to try to really set the stage for 2021. And it, it always felt like that second time around was going to be the one, that this one was going to be just a, a, a massive ask. And it was. And, and, it, and it was. And it just, it, that first, when that first quarter went the way it went, you're just like, oh, <laughs> man, we have seen this movie. It starts like this with a bunch of dumb mistakes, and then it snowballs, and then it gets ugly, and then somebody gets hurt, thrown into a bench, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, man. Um, By the way, Bengals growler bet, we haven't checked it yet, but uh, that'd be 28 sack yards times 10 Bengals points. So 280 is the number. So if you think you sent us 280, alert us to it. We'll be checking it. I uh, have not checked it all yet, but that was the Bengals growler bet. If you're going to try to win a little bit of a free beer, you're probably going to need it after today's sad showing. Uh, 
Any other any other bad nuggets you want to get to, Jay, or should we just wrap it up and just yeah. call it a night? Let's wrap it up. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna dig into some nuggets, but I don't have them on my fingertips yet. So I need I need to look some things up once we do this before I write my article. Yeah, I'll have uh, them on Tuesday. Uh, just for one last little bit, Burrow seems to think he's fine. We'll obviously keep an eye on the injury reports. Rolled his ankle, says it'll be fine. Jack Taylor says he thinks he's fine. Uh, we'll see when he shows up. If he shows up on the injury report, practice, yada, 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 all that stuff. Um, Joe Mixon, Jonah Williams, it sounds like probably we both will be back for next week's game. At least that is the impressions that we have gotten from what we've heard. But Jonah just couldn't go today. We'll get more on the details of what's going on with that. Um, Outside of that, that wraps it up. Uh, Oh, yeah, we'll keep tracking uh, everybody on the team coming out with COVID. (laughs) <laughs> being a close yes. contact. They lost four coaches in the morning of the game. Of course, Fred Johnson's still not back. And it, uh, let's wrap it up. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the walkout. Hope you enjoyed every bit of it, uh, a little bit more than you did the game. And uh, we will, of course, have HTPG for you on Tuesday, like always. Uh, looking forward to that. So, anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening and have a good one.